Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Chocolate bunnies and eggs traditionally make Easter one of the highlights of the confectionery calendar. But as consumers cut back on high-sugar products, cocoa bean prices soar, and competition among high-street retailers sharpens, some of Switzerland's best-known brands are having to change their moulds, says Ralph Atkins. So how are the likes of Lindt and Nestle fighting back? The run-up to Easter is a busy time at the Lindt and Sprungli chocolate factory just outside Zurich, the sort of blend of modernity and tradition to which Swiss industry aspires. As robots pack pralines into boxes, mechanical workers enjoy sweeping views across a dreamy Lake Zurich, the air sweet with the smell of cocoa. Lindt's global output includes 140 million gold-foil-wrapped chocolate rabbits a year. But the chocolate magic may be melting. Around the world, health-conscious consumers are cutting back on sugary products, steep rises in the price of cocoa beans in recent years, and competition among high-street retailers have eroded profit margins, while sputtering economic growth in the biggest markets has dented sales. Affluent consumers are also turning to small local craft makers of handmade, not robot-made chocolate. The dilemma faced by Swiss chocolate makers is playing out across the food sector as tastes shift and the war on sugar forces everyone from wheat traders to the makers of Campbell's Soup to rethink their business models. The US-led trend towards healthier snacking, stagnating markets, aggressive pricing by hard discount retailers, all these factors are making life less comfortable for Swiss chocolate, says Jean-Philippe Berchy, analyst at Fontabelle in Zurich. As a result, Swiss chocolate producers are scrambling to position themselves for a changing market. Lindt, which saw organic sales growth slow to 6% last year and its shares fall 12% from their peak in December 2015, is still betting on premium products. We're not in that mass market, says Ernst Tanner, executive chairman of Lindt. We're really for when you want to indulge yourself, you want to relax to forget the world and just have a moment of peace or enjoyment. Across Switzerland, the problems are worse. Nestle, the world's largest food and drinks company headquartered by Lake Geneva, has been left trailing in the premium chocolate market. It relaunched its Kaye brand in 2015, but Mark Schneider, chief executive of the company behind Smarties and KitKat, may have to take radical steps to catch up, perhaps through acquisitions or exit in some markets, such as the US. Chocolate may not be the country's biggest employer, but it has become a central part of Swiss branding. Along with the Alps, cows and luxury watches, chocolate is part of Switzerland's reputation for good living and a welcome contrast from the country's other image as a haven for secretive bankers and tax evaders. 
If Switzerland were to lose its edge in premium chocolate making, it would end almost 200 years of tradition. Switzerland does not grow cocoa beans, but it invented milk chocolate in the late 19th century, the result of engineering ingenuity and a surplus of milk from cows reared on its mountain pastures. Chocolate is a small part of the economy, but for the image it's huge, says Nicholas Biddle, head of present Switzerland, which monitors how the country is viewed abroad. Nations that are related to food have something more positive than others. It triggers emotions, memories and empathy, he says. The Swiss government still provides substantial agricultural subsidies, a shocking gazette or chocolate law ensures Swiss-producing ingredients can compete against imports, although under pressure from the World Trade Organization, they're being phased out. Like watchmaking, it's very important to us as Swiss. It's important we have good people who want to live and celebrate chocolate, says René Recksteiner, retail director at Lederach, a premium chocolate maker with 52 shops in Switzerland and Germany. Linz, Mr Tanner, adds, Yes, you have great Belgian truffles. But in Belgium, you don't have a brand that identifies with the country as much as Lindt does. When global chocolate consumption was growing rapidly, expansion was easy for the Swiss companies. In the first decade of this century, Swiss chocolate exports expanded at double-digit growth rates. Now there are clear signs of a slowdown. Global chocolate sales are expected to increase by less than 2% this year, less than half last year's rate, largely because of a deceleration in the biggest markets such as the US, the UK and other advanced economies, according to Euromonitor. Sales growth is also slowing in emerging markets such as China, India and Brazil, where consumption remains far below US and Western European levels. The fall can be explained by lifestyle trends as well as macroeconomic factors, says Pina Hosowski, food analyst at Euromonitor. Consumers worldwide are becoming increasingly sceptical about foods that include added sugar, which is really hitting the chocolate and biscuit market, she says. Lint is convinced that the shift in consumer tastes will not hamper the growth potential from consumers trading up, switching to higher quality products as their incomes rise. We still have lots of headroom to grow, says Dieter Weisskopf, the group's chief executive. Even in Germany and the UK where per capita chocolate consumption is already high and discount retailers such as Aldi and Lidl are well established, Lint's sales rose by 10% and 14% respectively last year. The focus on quality chocolates could provide some protection against the impact of healthier eating. If consumers eat less, they will favour quality over quantity and products containing nuts or fruit. Pink grapefruit-flavoured chocolate is the latest trend. Lint sees its products as indulgences rather than pretending they are healthy. The group could also be helped by the trend towards dark chocolate, which is perceived as healthier because of its lower sugar content. In the late 19th century, Rodolf Lint, one of the country's founding fathers, developed the original processes for stirring chocolate in conches to produce a smooth melting texture. With a higher percentage of cocoa solids, the taste of dark chocolate depends more than milk chocolate on the quality of the beans and on manufacturing skills, favouring premium manufacturers. To produce dark chocolate, you need more know-how than for milk chocolate, says Mr Weisskopf. Nevertheless, Lint faces headwinds. US expansion has proved difficult, 
Lint acquired Russell Stover in 2014 for an estimated $1.4 billion, but merging the American producer into the group has diverted management attention. Lint's like-for-like North American sales increased by just 3.4% last year. Even when you know the market and environment, an integration always takes longer than one thinks, says Mr. Weisskopf. The strong slowdown in the US chocolate market didn't help, he adds. Competition is likely to intensify in the US. Mondelez, the much larger US company behind brands such as Oreo Biscuits and Cadbury Chocolate, in September announced plans to expand US sales of its upmarket Green and Black's premium chocolate. Mondelez also makes Toblerone, the iconic Swiss-made bars shaped like an alpine mountain, which have become more premium in the UK after they were reduced in size last year. Lint is also trailing rivals in China and other emerging markets, which could prove a significant disadvantage if rising incomes lead to growing appetites for quality chocolate. The company's signature pralines are expensive to transport and store in hot climates, while Mars, Mondelez and Lint's European rival, Italy's Ferrero, are better established in China and India. Some markets don't yet have a long chocolate-eating tradition, and this is the case in Asia, and specifically in China, says Mr. Weisskopf, although he expected the Chinese market would develop in the mid to long run. If Lint faces questions about future growth, the challenges are more stark for Nestle, the other Swiss company that's a major presence in the global chocolate market. For decades, the Swiss food group's business strategy has been to leverage its size amid relentless sales growth. But Nestle lacks a big international brand in premium chocolates. Confectionery sales grew by just 1.8% to 8.7 billion Swiss francs last year, significantly lower than its overall sales growth rate of 3.2%. They've probably missed the boat in premium chocolates over the last couple of years, says John Cox, consumer analyst at Kepler Chevreau. They were focused more on expanding in mass chocolate in emerging markets, he says. Nestle's response has been twofold. First, it's making a virtue of the lack of a global premium range by building up local brands in its portfolio, including Kaye, the Swiss producer behind the first milk chocolate bars, and which is expanding via online and airport sales channels. Consumers are really taking an interest in local brands and want to know what exactly they are eating, so I think we can really leverage that, says Sandra Martinet. Nestle's head of confectionery strategy. Second, Nestle is experimenting with the premiumization of Kit Kats, its only truly global chocolate brand. It's testing ways of taking the popular chocolate bars upmarket by adding exotic flavourings such as green tea and selling gift packs at boutiques in Japan and other countries. But building a premium strategy takes time. Lint's international brand expansion took decades. And Nestle's weakness in chocolate contrasts with its strong position in premium coffee with its Nespresso products. One suggestion floated by analysts is that Nestle could try to acquire Lint, although its Zurich rival has poison pill defence clauses in its statutes to prevent hostile takeovers. Alternatively, Mr Schneider, who took over as chief executive in January, could decide to exit confectionery businesses where Nestle does not have a sufficiently strong position, such as the US. There's one final challenge for Swiss chocolate makers. Wealthier consumers are reacting against big food companies by embracing specialist small-scale 
craft producers that emphasise their authenticity, the ethical sourcing of their ingredients and the quality of their products. You can see similarities between what has happened in beer and what's happening in chocolate, says Miss Martinez. The craft shops are nibbling away at Lint and Nestle's market shares, adds Mr Cox. Craft chocolatiers are gaining popularity around the world. Around the shores of Lake Zurich from Lint's factory, businesses brisk at the Zurich store of Vollenweider, whose Easter specials include hand-decorated chocolate rabbits costing as much as 60 francs for a 300-gram version. The shop offers a chocolate experience, says Gregor Vollenweider, whose grandparents started the business in nearby Winterthur in 1943. In our shops, you get a service. Our people know about chocolate. The chocolates are freshly produced and we don't use a lot of sugar to conserve the chocolate. Lint is fighting back, expanding its network of retail shops. Its ambition is to overtake privately owned Godiva and build the world's largest network of premium chocolate shops by sales by 2020. Nestle has opened chocolatory KitKat boutiques in places like Japan, Australia and Malaysia. For Swiss premium chocolate makers, the only path to future growth is to try to stay ahead of changing consumer demands. We live off innovation, bringing something new to our customers, says Mr Recksteiner at Lederag. We just need to be ahead of everyone. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.